There is nothing I love more than an amazing meal with high quality meat cooked at home because let's be honest, eating out is so expensive. And you also know that eating out is the number one budget buster. That is why I am so glad I found ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service dedicated to delivering high quality, grass fed and grass finished beef, organic chicken, pork raised crate free and wild caught seafood directly to your doorstep with free shipping always. You even get exclusive member deals, recipes, and a variety of high-quality cuts at an amazing price. New users will receive their choice of two pounds of ground beef, three pounds of chicken thighs, or one pound of premium steak tips for a year. Use code ETM and get $20 off your first box at ButcherBox.com. Last night, we made a beef stew with meat from ButcherBox, and you can taste the difference. It was so satisfying and delicious. And all of our friends that were over for a dinner party, they raved at how good it was. So do yourself a favor and eat better this year with the best meat and seafood on the planet delivered to your door. ButcherBox is offering my listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential, three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips, for free in every order for a year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm and use code etm to choose your free offer and get $20 off. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're talking 17 money resolutions for 2017. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton-Game. It will expand your brain. Woohoo! Happy New Year! I hope you had an amazing uh, New Year's Eve and that you are super excited to start this new year. I know I am. I have declared that 2017 is going to be extra amazing, not just amazing, but extra, extra, extra amazing. And I hope that you feel that as well. So I wanted to do something today to kind of kick off the new year, and I want to talk about 17 money resolutions for 2017, and I kind of want to talk about them with a little bit of an asterisk mark. So I'm not a huge New Year's resolution person because I tend to think 
you know, resolutions don't always work, right? We set out all of these things that we want to do and then I'm guilty of it too. We get lazy and we don't do them. So I, I almost want to kind of think about this a little bit differently. I want you to either pick, you know, if it's daily, if it's each week or if it's just each month, pick some sort of a theme that you want to follow through for that month, for that week, for that day, right? So if this is your budget month, if this is your save money month, if this is your get a new career month, if this is your just get in a better relationship with money month, if this is pay off that holiday debt, if this is save up uh, or create a plan to, you know, go travel to some somewhere amazing that you want to go to this year, whatever it is for you, I want you to kind of theme. Again, it can be a daily thing, a weekly thing, a monthly thing. I like to do things kind of monthly, but sometimes you can even get lost in just the month, right? It could just become too consuming and you, you know, kind of lose track halfway throughout the month. So whatever works for you, come up with some sort of theme, right? And that is what you are going to focus on for that day, for that week, for that month, whatever that time period is for you. Don't think of it as a whole year. Don't even think about it as multiple months. Just think about it as this like 30, not even, we don't even have 30 days left, right? This, this little bit of January that is left what is it that you want to accomplish, to achieve, um, to strive for? What is it that you want to do this month, right? And I find that when we when we approach it that way, we actually be able to achieve these things, that they actually start happening versus if we think about it super long term, it just it's like way too overwhelming. And the same thing with your money. You know, if if you think about, you know, whether it's, you know, you want to save more for retirement or you want to um, quit your job and start a new career, or you want to start your own business, or whatever it is for you. If you think about like all of the million steps that you need to do in order to make that happen, it gets super, super, super overwhelming, right? So it's really just about uh, accomplishing these little small steps, and the little small steps are going to lead to a big achievement. So whether you might have just even a, a question about money, you know, just something that. Uh, you want to actually investigate more this month. You want to figure out the answers to, you want to come up with a strategy or a theory or a plan or whatever it may be. That should be your theme for the month. Get it? All right. So with that said, I'm going to talk about 17 possible things that you can, you know, put as kind of your theme for the month. And the first one is really, I like to start out every new year grabbing a free credit report. And this is so important because we get really lazy about this. We forget to check our credit score and then something happens and we, you know, get turned down for a loan and get turned down for a credit card and we're like, what, what happened? And then, you know, we dig into our credit report and we find out that, um, you know, I don't know, you've been a victim of credit fraud or whatever it may be. And then it just takes, it's so stressful and it takes so much time to unravel this. So there are, are two things that I want you to think about. First, obviously, is grab your free credit report. And two of my favorite places, Credit Sesame and CreditKarma.com, they're totally free. They have an app. It's easy. It is so ridiculously easy for you to stay on top of your credit, all right? They don't charge you. There's no sneaky thing. There's no sneaky fee that's going to come in, right? It's totally free. Second thing, if your score is under 740, 
right? I want you to really look at your credit score and I want you to pick one factor that's causing your credit score to be lower and I want you to work on that. So whether it's paying, maybe you you paid a bill late or maybe you forget sometimes and you're, you're constantly in the cycle of paying bills late. Maybe you have too much outstanding debt or maybe you don't have enough of a credit history. Whatever it may be, I want you to pick one thing and really focus on that for this month, all right? Number two, um, and I probably sound like a broken record on this one, but I want you to know your numbers each month. And I know it's scary. I know I talk about it all the time, but I talk about it all the time because what happens is we do it for a couple months and then we go, you know what? Oh, I pretty much know what I spend on everything. I don't need to do this every month. And then you start, you know, your budget starts depleting. Ah, I'm not saving as much money. It's just, I, I watch it over and over again. It's like kind of a downhill spiral. So the best thing you can do, the easiest thing you can do, and I do this, is every single week, pick a certain day, right? And that day is when you're going to like look over what you spent that week and you're going to categorize those numbers so that by the time you come to the end of the month, it's really easy. Um, now, if you use a credit card, a lot of times they auto categorize where you're spending. So, so that's really easy. If you use a debit card for a lot of your spending, it's harder. You've got to kind of go in there. You've got to go into your bank statements or go into your uh, banking app, whatever it may be, and you've got to categorize it one by one. Now, one of the tools that I love that makes this really easy is You Need a Budget. It's youneedabudget.com. They have an app. They have a desktop version. It's one of the best gifts that you can give yourself this year. You can try a free 30 days try it out, see if you like it, but it makes tracking your expenses really easy. So when you get to the end of the month, you really do know your numbers and there's power in knowing your numbers. And that's why I talk about it over and over again, because when you know what you're spending and how much you're spending or where you're spending and how much you're spending in each category, that's when you can actually really make changes, right? And you can really figure out then how with the exact amount of money that I'm earning right now, how can I find that savings? How can I find that extra percent for my retirement fund? How can I find you know that trip that I want to go on or buy a new car, whatever it may be? How can you find it, right? Well, it's, it's right there. It's hidden right there in your bank account. We just need to locate it. And the way we locate it is we just know our numbers. Okay, number three is it kind of piggybacks on number two, but it's find a money system that works for you. And there are so many different ways that you can do this. You can use an app like you need a budget. There are a billion and a half different apps out there to help you manage your money. Um, you can use post-it notes. You can use the envelope system where let's say for, you know, let's say clothes shopping is your thing, right? You always overspend when you're at the mall. So each month you can put a certain amount of money in cash and that's how much money you've got to spend for the month. There are so many different ways to do this, but the best way where you're going to really be in charge of your money is finding some way to track everything that's going on each month, because that's how you see trends emerge. And that's how you stay on top of it. Think of it like you are the CEO of you, right? You're running your business, your company. And in order for a company to be profitable, 
they have to track what's going on and they have to stay ahead of the curve, right? You have to know what's coming up. Are you having any big bills coming up? Are you having any big trips coming up? Are you buying a house? Are you buying a car? Are you a whatever it may be? You know, what is coming down the pipeline and how do you manage that? And so, you know, if you were a CEO of a company, you wouldn't just kind of sit back with your hands behind your head and go, all right, well, let's just see what happens. Let's just keep doing what we're doing and see what happens. No, you'd probably get fired, right? (laughs) Or the business would go in bankruptcy. So it's a day-to-day thing and it doesn't have to be stressful. In fact, doing it day-to-day is actually what takes the stress out of it for you. You would be amazed at, at, at how much freer you would feel with your money if you would track it day to day. And listen, I'm speaking from personal experience here. This comes from a girl who, when I was straight out of college, I hated looking at my bank account balance and my ATM receipts. I hated it. It just made me feel, it it didn't make me feel successful. And that's what I attributed to success. And it was really hard for me to kind of get over that. I actually had to like, I had to like do my own therapy to, to really, you know, take a look at my numbers and be okay with them. And when I did that was when things really started shifting and changing. Okay, number four, let go of those silly money mishaps that you made in 2016. Whatever they are, write them down, burn them up, send them out to sea, send them up in a balloon. I don't care what you have to do. Let go of them, right? We're in a new year. I've already declared it. 2017 is going to be amazing. So we can just let go of 2016. And that goes for any personal things maybe that might be going on, any career things. Just let it go, right? As, as they say in Frozen, just I and I'm not a good singer, so I'm not even going to attempt to try and sing the song, but you know what I'm referencing. <laughs> All right, number five, create your 2017 saving money goal. And again, some people are really good at saying, I want to save $10,000 this year and you save $10,000 this year. But most of us don't work that way. Most of us really need to break it down into weekly or even daily savings amounts. For instance, let's say you wanted to save 500 bucks a month. That was your goal, right? That would be about 16 to $17 per day. So you would need to find ways to drive each day that amount of savings into your savings account. Now, again, your number could be anything. It could be $5,000 a month. It could be $50 a month. It doesn't matter what it is, but break it down into really small chunks, and that's how you're going to be able to achieve it. Another thing, um, you know, when it comes to saving money is, The reason why you want to set a goal is not so you don't hit it and you feel miserable for for yourself. The reason you want to set a goal is it really does keep you on track. You know, if you think of... um, you think of like a marathon runner, right? So you don't just wake up in the morning and decide that you're going to go out and run a marathon in a week. I mean, your body can't even physically do that. I mean, maybe some people's can. (laughs) Mine surely can't, right? You've got to do like months and months and months of training and there's hard bits in the middle and you want to quit and maybe you get an injury. You know, all for that moment of running that marathon, and it paying off in the end. Well, saving money is is the same way. It really is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And so the more precise you can be with saving money and the more you can break it down into little itty bitty goals, the better off you're going to be at, you know, hitting that finish line with, you know, the quote unquote time that you want. All right. Number six, treat your credit card like a debit card. Can't say enough, right? 
You don't want to deal with debt? Great. It's really easy to do. Treat your credit card like a debit card. However much you pay on your credit card each month, you got to pay it off at the end of the month, right? You can get your points, you can get your miles, you can get your cash back, whatever you want, but pay it off. Super simple. It's just a switch of the brain. Seven, add one month of savings to your emergency fund. Now, you've heard me say that emergency fund, everybody should have at least three to six months worth of your fixed expenses. So all of the expenses that you absolutely have to pay, your rent, your mortgage, your car payment, your student loans, your credit card minimum payments, um, health insurance, anything that you absolutely have to pay, you should have set aside three to six months of savings to cover that in the oh crap, the you know what has hit the fan moment happens to you, right? If you're not there, if you've not saved that much, great, just work on a month, work on getting a month into the savings. If you've already hit that mark, I want you to focus on getting one more month saved up, right? You can never have, you can actually have too much savings. I'm going to take that back. So a lot of times people will, you know, ask me, okay, I've saved nine months worth of emergency fund, but I have this goal. I want to save, you know, a year's worth of emergency fund. That's a great goal. But really, once you get past maybe nine months, there's a lot of better things that we can do with your savings, right? So we have to get your savings to grow. <laughs> That's what we have to do, right? And so it's not going to grow sitting in a savings account. Your your emergency fund literally is for your emergencies. Now, if you work for yourself, if you're freelance, something like that, yeah, you're going to want to have a much bigger pad. But if you have a number, no, uh, if you have a regular, that's what I'm trying to say, if you have a regular W-2 job, you know, six months is pretty good. Nine months, that's pretty great. Year, I don't know if you need a year. I would I would put my money other places. Uh, but if you are savings, remember, you want to have it in a high-yield savings account. And the reason we want to do this is because your checking account, your where you have your checking account, that bank is not paying you squat unless you're with one of these banks like Ally, Capital One 360, American Express has a good one right now. Um, Synchrony, there are a lot of banks out now that have a really good high yield savings account. So check on those, all right? Also, if you're paying fees on your checking account, just say no. There are so many banks out there right now where you do not have to pay fees on your checking account and you shouldn't. If you do, find out how you can avoid them, whether you have to direct deposit your paycheck, whatever it may be, because fees are just ridiculous. They're nonsense. And, um, you don't need to be paying them these days. Okay, number eight. I'm going to take a deep breath here, right? Stop being afraid to negotiate. So negotiate, negotiate, negotiate. Start small. Negotiate with your cable or phone bill. And what I'm saying is you're not calling up and you're not being a jerk, right? You're calling up and you're saying, hey, do I have the best plan? Am I getting the best deal? Is there a better deal out there for me? I'm thinking of switching carriers. Can you offer me a better deal? If you approach it that way, nine out of 10 times, you're going to save money. You may save a few bucks. You may save a lot of money. I don't know, especially if you have never done it, likely you're going to save a bunch of money. There's another app that I found out about too called Trim. Uh, The URL is asktrim.com and you can sign up with this app and it's going to show you all of the different subscriptions that you subscribe to. And so you can find ways to cut out maybe some of the meaningless subscriptions that you have that you don't even remember you're paying for, and you can get rid of those, right? 
yeah, hang on to the ones you love, your Netflix, your Hulu, whatever they may be. Like we all have guilty pleasures, right? But there may be some lurking in your bank account that you don't know you're paying. And, you know, you can just cut that out and take that, whatever that dollar amount is, and just, you know, plop that in your savings. Okay, number nine, get in a better relationship with your money. And I think this is something that uh, most people don't talk about. We don't admit. Most of us think, you know, we're doing great. We're breezing through life. Our career is great. It's going the right direction. Maybe we don't have any debt. Everything's great. But usually for most people, there's something kind of lurking back inside of you that it is, it's causing you to have some sort of relationship with money that may not be 100% healthy. And look, you're probably never going to get 100% healthy. And that may be totally unrealistic because there's always stuff that's going to come up with money. Um, You're going to go 10 steps forward and five steps back and then 10 steps forward and then 50 steps back. And, you know, this is just kind of how money works. And there's so much emotion with money that it's really easy to get freaked out, right? So maybe pick one thing, pick one thing that you think, you know what, if I could just work on this little piece of the relationship with money, I'm headed in the right direction. All right, number 10, schedule rather regular money dates with yourself and with your spouse if you have a spouse. Calendar them. This is what I'm talking about every single week. And it can be 10 or 15 minutes Go, you know what, I'm gonna make sure all of my numbers are categorized, I'm going to make sure that my savings goal for the week is on track. I'm going to make sure that, um, you know, whatever it is that I want to achieve this next week, I got it written down. I got it in my head. I've got an action plan, getting my armor on, going to battle. You know what I mean, right? It's, it's your it's your strategy time. It's your remembering that I am the CEO of my business and I am going to take it where I want it to go rather than just it taking me where I don't want to go. Okay, number 11, if you have debt, commit to a debt payoff strategy. Again, I've talked in so many different podcasts about different ways to really attack uh, debt, but you know, I, I feel like it's, it's something, again, that there's so many emotions when it comes to debt. And again, I've lived through this uh, myself several times in my life. And it needs a strategy. It needs a plan. It needs um, some way to go about it and attack it rather than just throwing money at all sorts of different accounts. You won't see much progress, right? So I've done a lot of podcasts on debt payoff strategies. Go back to listen and listen to a few of those. Um, over again, I'm going to be doing some debt stuff as we you know come up in this month. And if you have no debt, if you're you know in that position where this really doesn't apply to you, Work on something else, like work on, you know, upping your percentage in your retirement account. Um, work on, you know, really pushing yourself for savings. Work on really, you know, finding ways to negotiate some of your bills and putting that extra money into savings. Make sure that you're you're not paying high fees in your retirement accounts. Make sure that they're um, positioned properly. All of those sorts of things, you know, you can work on if you have no debt. And if you have no debt, that's awesome. High five to you, right? But there's a million other things to to kind of work on. Okay, number 12. This is actually mine. Read at least one new book each month. And I've got a bunch of favorites. I'll list a few of them in um in the show notes. Gosh, I don't I've read so many books in the last month, but you know, whether it's investing, whether it's 
um, you know, fiction, nonfiction. It doesn't even have to be anything related to money. It can just be about life. It could be about a cool story that you love, whatever. But, you know, reading, I think, you know, it's kind of this lost art. Um, you know, we're all into these, you know, Kindle and all sorts of different devices. And there's something very nice about actually holding a book and being able to like mark up a book. Right. Um, so there are, there are a ton of books out there. Find one, find one about a subject that you're really inquisitive about. If you want to start cooking, if you want to start learning how to, I don't know, fix cars, whatever it may be, but really drive into something that, that you feel super passionate about and learn something new. Okay, number 13, pick a favorite charity and give back each month. I love this one. I am all about giving back. Um, I usually do it kind of quietly because um, I don't feel like I need to make loud noises when I give back, but um, I really feel passionate that as, as millennials can really change kind of the course of society by, by helping people that are less fortunate, finding something, again, that you're super passionate about. But build it into your budget. Build in however much you are giving to charity. Put that as one of your fixed expenses with your savings so that every month you automatically know you can afford that. Wow, we're rounding up our list here. Okay, number 14. Is it time to have a CPA help you with your taxes? So if you've bought a house recently, if you're self-employed, even if you have kids If you have a lot of deductions that you think you might be missing out on, it's usually a good idea to have a CPA or an accountant work on your taxes. I know it's a lot more money than filing with TurboTax or TaxSlayer or whatever your favorite tax program is, but a lot of times there's hidden money there that you just can't find because you're not trained to find it. So obviously we're coming up to tax time in a few months. We're going to be doing some podcasts on uh, tax strategies, tax deductions, um, questions you should ask, all sorts of things. We're going to be talking to some CPAs, um, asking them some questions. I'm going to ask them some questions that you guys have asked me because I am not a CPA. I just know how important it is that when you get to certain thresholds in your life to have an expert look over what is going on. All right, number 15, create a will and an advanced healthcare directive. I've talked about this a lot, and I know this isn't exactly the most fun topic to talk about, but everyone should have a will because everybody has stuff. You have stuff, right? You have stuff that you would want to go certain places if something happened to you. Likewise, an advanced healthcare directive is something that steps in and acts as your voice if you're incapacitated. It will say what your wishes are. Um, who you want to know about what's going on with you. Maybe you have certain family members that you don't want to know your health status. Maybe you have certain family members that you do want to know your health status. It's just a really good thing to have. You you don't, I'm going to say this with, um, <laughs> I'm going to say this one with an asterisk mark. So I always believe in using an attorney for these. And again, I know this can be expensive. It could cost you a thousand bucks for a will and a healthcare directive. You could use, um, lots of, lots of online, um, places to help you do these. You just want to make sure that whatever you, you print off and you use as your will and your healthcare directive, that you've read it, 
that you understand it. And if you don't understand it, that you've asked questions. All right, number 16, stop stressing out about money. And this is really, um, I'm kind of speaking to myself here too on this one. Again, money can be so super stressful, even if you're in the best situation. Maybe sometimes you get stressed out because, um, you know, something happened in your credit report that, that you didn't know. Maybe you're stressed out because you had to use your credit card this month and you didn't anticipate it. Whatever it is, it's okay. It's okay, right? We can take care of it. We can handle it. It's all right, right? Once we start stressing out about about money, it has control over us, and we want to have control over it, right? We're the CEO again. We we dictate. We have the strategy, so we can fix anything. And that kind of rolls into uh, number seventeen. I bet you didn't think I would go a money resolution podcast without talking about budget, right? So I want you to become best friends with your budget. And I know we hate the B word, change the B word to anything. I like to call it a money game plan, um, but you can call it whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Even if you want to call it, you know, bad word, that's fine, right? But become best friends with it. Pick one thing that you want to change. Maybe you're not good at it. Maybe you stick, you stick at it for a couple months and then you kind of fall off the bandwagon. Uh, Maybe you want to push yourself with budgeting. Maybe you want to learn more. Maybe you want to find more ways to create savings or to better pay off your debt, whatever it may be. I want to really encourage you to pick, pick one thing, one thing for this month um, and and really focus on that and just love it. You know, I know that sounds ridiculous to, to love your money, to love your numbers. And I've actually been criticized in the past a lot for saying that, but it comes from a good place, right? Because the things that we love, we take really good care of. We take pride in them. We focus on them. You know, we want them to do well. The things that we hate, we obviously don't want to touch. We don't want to look at it. We hate, we, we don't want anything to do with them, right? So hating our budget is the worst thing we can do for our money now and for our entire financial future. But if we find a way to just come at peace with it and just be like, you know what? We're pals, we're friends. We can do this. We can figure this out together. We can get really far. So that's really what, you know, I mean, when I say fall in love with your money, it's not, not that I want you to turn into, you know, some greedy, like money counters here and to, you know, kind of lust after everything your friends have. I want you to just Be happy with whatever situation you're in. And I want you to find these things to focus on each month so that you feel like you're really making progress. All right, so if any of these resonated with you, head on over to Snapchat. I'm at Shauna Game. Tell me which money resolution you're you're sticking to this year. Let me know. Send me a message. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Shauna Game as well and Instagram at millennial underscore money.